This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Lighthouse Faith Podcast, where we are moving forward in truth and love. I'm Lauren Green, Chief Religion Correspondent for Fox News Channel and author of the book, Lighthouse Faith. It is the original Bible Belt, as you will, a stretch of highway in the Middle East, a a path that has existed for more than 4,000 years. It's called the Biblical Highway, um, Israel's Route 60. It traverses landmark events in biblical history, marking the place where the patriarchs and the matriarchs walked and lived and had encounters with God, Jacob's ladder, Rachel's tomb, and Abraham's well. The route is under restoration, but in restoring it physically will also bring a restoration and knowledge of the history that this road has for the three Abrahamic religions. Yishai Fleischer is the international spokesperson for the Jewish community of Hebron, and he joins me now to explain what's going on to this common and yet extraordinary stretch of land. Welcome, Yishai. Thank you, Lauren. Great to be with you again. Uh, it's wonderful to have you. Um, I want to get to the road, but I, first I want to talk about Abraham's well. What is Abraham's well? So Abraham, first, before we get to his well, we'll talk about Abraham himself. Uh, who is Abraham? Uh, he's the first of the forefathers of the Bible. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their wives, respectively, uh, are the founders of monotheism. And Abraham was the first to discover uh, how to serve the one God. And he was, he was out there smashing idols. He was, he was thinking about it logically, trying to figure out what, what is this world's purpose? And is, is there a God or gods? And, and he famously, you know, it led him to, to smash his father's idols. His, his father had an idol store, the legend kind of says. And, uh, and he went and he smashed those idols. Uh, and then he heard a call from God to go to the promised land. And he left Ur, Ur Kasdim, the Ur of Chaldeans, which is uh, uh, close to the Persian Gulf in Iraq. And then he went north towards Turkey, southern Turkey, to Haran. And from Haran, he went to the Holy Land. Now, the Holy Land has in it uh, a central mountain region. And he traveled on that central mountain region all the way to the southern desert called the Negev. And he traveled through these holy cities. And one of the main cities that he traveled, and this is all in the book of Genesis, which is the first of the book, the five books of Moses, and uh, in the book of Genesis, which lays out the story of the fathers and the mothers, um, the, the founding family of Israel, uh, there are these important cities. One of the main cities is the city that I have the pleasure and challenge of working in, and that is Hebron. Hebron is a 4,500-year-old city, uh, but Abraham came there 3,800 years ago, so it was already a 700-year-old city. Wow. That you know, it's an, funny because our only, only reference to Hebron is, you know, what it's what it is politically today. But we don't really go back and understand its biblical importance, you know, of yeah. Hebron. And this is this is where this is where Abraham settled. 
it's one of the main cities that he settled in. He also was in a few other cities like George Washington a little bit, but Hebron, <laughs> uh, uh, Hebron definitely was one of the main cities uh, that he lived in. Uh, and we, we have the remains of that Canaanite uh, city, the Hittite city of Hebron. We have found its walls mm. and uh, we, we are, we have found artifacts from those times. Uh, and we will actually be digging more in the future. And we know exactly where to dig to really uncover the Canaanite city uh, of Hebron, the Hittite Canaanite city of Hebron. And it was there that uh, Abraham settled. Uh, and he also negotiated for um, a burial plot for his beloved wife, Sarah, uh, which is something very special about the Bible that it lays out this love that Abraham had for Sarah, that Isaac had for her. Rebecca, etc., um, and uh, he buries his beloved wife Sarah there in Hebron, and really creates uh, a burial place for the rest of the first family of Israel, uh, which in the end is going to be Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Leah, according to mystical doctrines of the of Judaism. Adam and Eve are buried there as well. Uh, Two thousand mm. years after that burial, uh, Herod built a magnificent structure atop of it which is still there today. And people can come and indeed do in non-corona years, come and visit uh, <laughs> this amazing, amazing site. Now, with regarding to the well, he here's something that I learned recently. Actually, my mom, uh, who's, uh, who's a chemist, but also a great uh, uh, amateur historian, she told me that she read an article recently of why is it that, that some of the uh, famous springs of the Middle East are well known to this very day? Other places, there are springs, uh, uh, and okay, water sources, but people relocate and, and it gets forgotten. Uh, the reason is, is because in the Middle East, water is sparse. It's hard to find. Mm -hmm. uh, and a, a good spring means that civilizations will stay around that spring. Even if one nation or, or group of people or, or, or power comes and, and, and is there for a while, for a thousand years, then it goes away, people still congregate around that spring. It's really and, uh, very much like, I mean, the, th the thing about it is, it's like America settled, settled on the rivers, you know, like right. the Mississippi River and, you know, the Missouri River. All of those rivers are very important to commerce and livelihood, but also source of, you know, of water. But I suppose in the Middle East, because water is scarce, it's about human beings needing to drink water and wells are very important. They are. They are. And, and you know, when you're in New Jersey... Uh, or, you know, those areas in the Northeast, if, if you don't like one brook, there's another one a few paces <laughs> away. Uh, and and when, when, you, when you come from Israel to America for a trip or something, you're always like, I cannot believe how much water there is around here. Big rivers, <laughs> little rivers. You're just like, come on, we could use a little <laughs> bit of that, you know? And, and it, it really is like that, that, that water is hard to find. The Bible talks about Abraham digging wells. It talks about the Philistines stopping up some of those wells. It talks about Isaac finding those old wells and digging them up again. And so water is something you fight over. Remember Moses, uh, when, he, when he runs away from Pharaoh, he sees these women and they're being kind of bullied by other shepherds over the water source. And, and yeah. water is also where you meet your potential wives. That's where, uh, that's where the servant of Abraham found a wife for uh, uh, for Isaac, that's where Jacob met Rachel on the on the water. You know what I mean? That's the the drinking oh. hole. That's the bar, right? Of, of, of ancient <laughs> times. 
So uh, the, it's the like thing happy hour. In, that's right. It's in happy hour times. as well. That's right. And think about it. It's hot out there, and and you go there, and it's probably shady. There's an oasis there, and and you draw up the water, and it's nice and cool and refreshing. And uh, okay, that's where you're going to hang out. There maybe even some you know date trees, and it's a good place to have a date at the date tree. So um, <laughs> uh, the 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 Abraham's well is still extant and alive and well and still serves Hebron. In fact, I was there today and uh, it's come to a little bit of disrepair. There's been some sewage from some of the nearby houses that has crept in. And, and today I was speaking with, a, with an Arab and he told me that some of the shepherds uh, bring their flock over there and some of the droppings from the flock end up in the mm. water and that's what makes it dirty. And we're, we were having the most Middle Easternly conversation about how to keep the well clean and watch out from some of those sheep and goat droppings. And, and me and this Arab, we're having a, this uh, discussion there. Uh, how do it, you we know? know how do Hebron. you know? Oh, excuse me, but how do you know it's it, it was Abraham's well? Um, Greg, the answer is there's just no other well. That is the well that was the city's well. And if you see pictures of it, and you could type it into uh, you know Wikipedia and, and whatever Google, and you'll see it. It is just an ancient well, and uh, I think the word spring is maybe more correct. But in any case, um, it's the thing that has kept that the that part of Hebron, which is the ancient city, going for thousands of years. There's just no doubt that this is the spring uh, itself, and that's where it's been. And it's also very deep. It's got uh, about three yards, you would say, we say three meters uh, of, of water depth. Uh, and it has sustained the city um, since, since time immemorial. And um, therefore, it's, it's and, 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 and peoples have always called it Abraham's, the Arabs, and other peoples that are before it have always called it Abraham's. Uh, well, in the Middle East, uh, the uh, oral tradition is, is actually very important. It's like... People say from, you know, people say from from father to son, from mother to daughter, from, you know, generation to generation, this is the spot. And the same thing for the tomb of the, the patriarchs and matriarchs. There were some archaeologists that wanted to say this is an Edomian cultic site, but everybody's like, no, this is the tomb of Abraham. This is it's always been this way. And, 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 and that is that's a it's a very beautiful Sometimes in the West, we might turn our noses up at that and say, well, this doesn't sound scientific. There's really nothing more scientific than the passing of, of heritage from one and tradition from one generation to the next. How did, people, how did people dig wells back then when they had rudimentary tools? You know, Lauren, when you come to, to Israel and see some of the archaeology, you really get blown away by, but what by what they were able to do, I mean the tunnels from the springs in Judea to Jerusalem, these like thirty meter down tunnels dug in rock that have a small gradation so that the whole way down it's it's a tiny downward slope but brings the water from uh, the thousand meters height of of Judea to the seven hundred and fifty meter height of, of Jerusalem. It's an incredible feat. And think about the pyramids and think about think about the, the, the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs or, or what was the temple at the at Western Wall, the entrance to the, to the temple. They really had amazing technology uh, and they knew how to dig and they knew how to work hard and they had and they didn't have to uh, see their Twitter feed 
or anything like that. They had a full day of, of, of work and toil for the water that they needed and their flocks needed. And so they not only did they dig these wells, they knew where to find the water. And they also knew how to, if, if, you, if you see pictures of this well, you see that it's been like stopped uh, the sides of it. It's, it's quite deep. And so to keep the sides uh, from, from caving in, you had to like bury rocks in there and really make it into a wall in the ground. Uh, and they, 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 they really did have uh, amazing technology back there. And some of the stones uh, that, that are uh, holding up the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs are 30 tons. And in Jerusalem at the temple, there are some that are 300 tons. And wow. We, yeah, we are just like, how do they do that? But they did. Uh, the ancients, the ancients were, were, were smart. And we have great stuff, but we shouldn't think that we're, you know, way smarter than them. Because if we had to do, if they had, if they had to send a tweet, maybe they wouldn't know how to do it. But if we had to move a 300-ton stone, I'm not sure we would know how to do that either. Wow, wow, a lot of elephants. I don't know. Maybe I don't know how they do things. Um, one more question on, on Abraham's well. And is it being restored? Is it being? What's happening with it? Well, it's 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 a it, it, it's an interesting dynamic of the Israel slash Palestine conflict. It's an interesting dynamic of children of Abraham, Arabs and Jews, Ishmaelites, uh, and, uh, and uh, sons of Isaac, I guess. Uh, but just today I was there and um, I brought some hard, hardworking folks, folks who know how to get physical stuff done. And, and some, some Arabs came and, and we started talking about how do we keep this place? How do we, how do we make it better? And we talked about making a fence around it because, uh, because there's a danger of somebody falling in. We talked about uh, an elderly Arab who was a little out of his mind and somehow drowned in there. When it, and we talked about how to keep it safe. We talked about how to, uh, the, the next thing that, that, that I'm doing is um, uh, putting rails so that people can go down there safer, uh, making sure that the stairs are, are a little bit, just a tad more um, uh, flush. We're going to take a break right now on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. We'll be back with Yishai Fleischer talking about the biblical highway, Route 66, not Route 66, Route 60 in Israel. We'll be right back. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. And welcome back to uh, Lighthouse Faith. Uh, we're talking with Shia Fleischer. And before the break, I actually made a mistake and called it Route 66, which of course is in America. <laughs> but Route 60 has kind of the same effect, right? Uh, in Israel, tell uh, Shia, what, what is Route 60 in, in Israel? Well, I love the comparison. Uh, you made a little slip. You called it Route 66, Route 66. <laughs> uh, and I really love that comparison a lot. And um, 
you know, you know, uh, so, sometimes in the Middle East, uh, we think we have a lot to teach the world, but the truth is, is that uh, America's got stuff to teach us as well. Um, and I like to keep limber and be able to learn from from everybody. <laughs> and one of the things that I really love about uh, the American idea about Route 66 and other route roads is this idea of a heritage highway. Yeah, it's a very okay. American thing, heritage highway. You know, adopt a highway, heritage highway. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, my mother took me to uh, my mom and dad took me to Shenandoah and, and to Skyline Drive. And uh, beautiful roads are part of the American ethos of freedom, of, of being able to go anywhere and to see it for yourself. The car will take you there. You, you know, that family trip, that, that, that great American expanse. Uh, and I love that idea of the Heritage Highway. And uh, as I was thinking about that, I, <laughs> I realized that our Israel, uh, this land, this holy land, uh, when I say our Israel, maybe I take it back. It's really, in many ways, the heritage of, of so much of, of, of humankind. Um, there's a road that connects seven holy, historic, and biblical cities. And that road uh, is an ancient and famous road uh, that is called Route 60 in Israel. Mm. And it leads you... The truth is the full road takes you all the way from Nazareth to Shechem. Today, you can't travel that, that bit uh, because of uh, political issues. Mm -hmm. But today, the road goes from Shechem or Shechem. The Arabs call the place Nablus. It takes you down from there to Shiloh. We say in Hebrew, Shiloh. Then to Bethel. We say Beit El. Then to the heart of it all, Jerusalem. We say Yerushalayim. And from there to Bethlehem, we say Beit Lechem. From there to Hebron or Hebron. And finally to Beersheba, you would say Beersheba. And these seven cities with Jerusalem in the middle, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a perfect uh, a crown. The, the crown jewel is right in the middle. Seven cities, seven historic and biblical cities. They make up the vast majority of the stories of the Bible. Mm. Uh, recently, uh, I was uh, in a historical place, and they had an old Christian map uh, of the Christian Bible, the land of Israel, the Christian Bible and the land of Israel. This mm -hmm. road was the thickest and most highlighted road in the whole map, it, and it had all the writings all around it, because this is the travels uh, of the people of the Bible. And just very quickly, just kind of to recall for people, what, what are the things that happened? Just very quickly, Shechem or Shechem. That's where Joseph is buried. That's where the famous mountains of, of the, the blessings and the curses, the Mount of Good Counsel, the Mount of Evil, uh, 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 it's still there today, these twin peaks. And right in the heart of those twin peaks is, in the middle of them, is the tomb of Joseph. Uh, that's where the Jewish people came to uh, with Joshua, and they buried Joseph there uh, and had that, 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 uh, that, that, that event that... Uh, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's it called? Grand kind of standing and, and, and the blessings and the curses. Next down uh, from there is a Shiloh. The tabernacle stood in Shiloh for 369 years. That's where Hannah prayed and received the blessings of Samuel the prophet, who was her child. Oh, wow. That, that's, in, that, that's in Shiloh. And you go there today. It's amazing. You'll love it there. And you'll see how the Jewish people, millions of them were spread out in front 
of the tabernacle. You could see the, the, the valley there. The plain is more correct. It's a big plain. From mm -hmm. there, down south is, is Bethel. How many places in the world, are, uh, Lauren, are named Bethel? How many Bethels have you bumped into in your life? There's a Bethel in Minnesota. Uh, there's a Bethel okay. College in Minnesota, in Bethel, Minnesota. Uh, or right. There's a Bethel, Minnesota. There's a Bethel College. Uh, pretty common uh, name in, uh, in America. Why, why is that? Because the word Bethel really means, in Hebrew, Beit El, the house of God. And so anybody worth their salt that wants to make a church, a synagogue, a, a college, they'll call it Bethel, which is, I want to make a house of God. That's mm. why that name became so prevalent, Bethel. Uh, and, and that's where Jacob had his dream of the ladder, connecting heaven and earth. Wow. Um, then Jerusalem, that's where Abraham almost, almost sacrificed his son Isaac. That's where two Jewish temples David's and Solomon's temple, and then and then the second temple, including Herod, uh, that's in Jerusalem. Of course, important to, to the Christian faith and to the Muslim faith. And then Bethlehem, that's where very important for, for the Christian uh, Bible, but also where King David was born, where Ruth came to from the fields of Moab. She came to Bethlehem, and I'm sitting here about a kilometer away from there right now. Uh, and that's also where the tomb of Rachel is. So Rachel is here. Ruth is here. It's a very strong women town. Uh, and King David was born here. And then south of that, we talked about Hebron. That's where the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs is, the fathers and the mothers. Uh, and King David ruled there for seven years. And then finally, Beersheba. That's the capital of the Negev desert that comes off the mountain and suddenly into the desert plain. And that's where Abraham first pitched his tent. That's where so this is so this is an amazing how how what how long is it how many miles is is the uh, route sixty? It's about it's about hundred kilometers. Okay, how many miles is that? I forget. I'm sorry. I got to I got to do a translation of that miles to kilometers. <laughs> we uh, do too. But it, it's uh, it, it, it takes you know you could drive the whole thing in three four hours mm -hmm. if you drove straight, uh, but of course you wouldn't want to drive straight. Uh, that's just the road part of it. Uh, but you would want to peel off and go see uh, the place of, of Jacob's dream of the ladder. You would want, of course, spend many days in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem, in Hebron, in Shiloh. There's a, a fabulous tourist uh, 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 re remake of the Tabernacle in uh, a great movie there. And, and the bottom line is that this is, the this is the most storied road in the world. It's just the most storied road in the world. And, and if you care about biblical history or you want to care about the biblical history, we're working very hard now to make this road into, how should I say, I, I want it to be as famous as, as, as like any other tourist attraction. You know, in, in France, you go to the Louvre Museum, Louvre, or Louvre, Louvre however, I, I should have picked something easier to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, 11 million people a year go to that museum, uh, enter the doors. This is going to be like that. It's going to be like Masada, Elat, Tel Aviv, the biblical highway. So we're working on a, on a website right now uh, to help people learn about this, this amazing road. We're working on an application, uh, an app, excuse me, that will, will help you navigate this road and navigate its, its modern issues, including some of the political issues and all that. Uh, and but at the same time, help you find the great wineries. Are you are you a wine drinking drinker? Oh yes, oh yes. You do. You're a wine drinker. Oh yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. Not everybody is. Uh, we have some of the finest award winning wineries along the way, and they love visitors. 
Um, so we're, we're going to also dovetail the Israel, Israel Biblical Highway with the Israel Wine Trail. Um, and in general, we want to get people the heritage into their hands. And we're mm-hmm. going to do it in fun ways. Some of them are American ways. Like, for example, I came up with this idea called the Bible Belt. I'm like, this is the Bible Belt, right? So we want to sell you a Bible Belt. It's a mm-hmm. belt with the seven cities logos on, on uh, along the way. Maybe when you drive from place to place, you collect, collect a little silver thing that you stick on your belt. And you'll be like, look, I really drove the, here's the proof that I drove <laughs> the Bible Belt. I have the Bible Belt with me. I put it on my wall. Um you know, when I travel with my kids in America, we were we were uh, in in uh, in Florida and in, uh, in uh, Cape Canaveral, and uh, we 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 were amazed at how well uh, it was portrayed. You know, the whole space program and all that, the NASA thing, and 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 we want to take a little bit of that uh, and share with people the great heritage of the Bible and teach them about this road. It's it's um, it's something that it's just it's being presented to the world as, as what it really is a, a great and amazing road, which you can travel the past, see the present, pray for uh, uh, the future and the destiny of, 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 uh, uh, of the world that's bound up with these places, according to biblical tradition. Uh, and that's, uh, that's to me, one of the most exciting, everybody that I speak to about this just says to me, Oh my God, that's like a no brainer. It's like, it's like, so, it's like, I'm not even, you're not even making anything up. You're not making anything new. You're just taking what is on this one road and saying, Hey, there's a heritage highway here, a, a beautiful road that connects all this, all this history and all this power um, and all this human passion and, and, and a way to walk and drive on a road, which leads you, if I can use the cliche, a stairway to heaven. A road you know, to, it's, uh, to, it's really to, amazing. And I'm wondering if you can, work out some of the obviously the political um issues that you're bound to have when you go that stretch of land between um you know you mentioned you know that certain area that you're not even allowed to go on yet but can you work out some of these political issues and what are they so the the road itself is totally travelable there's no problem with going on the road at any except for that one segment between Shem and Nazareth, uh, it's it's totally drivable. However, a few things. First thing, it's just a two-lane highway, uh, which means it's not the fastest road. Uh, it's in good repair mostly, but uh, but it's it's small. Second mm-hmm. thing is that uh, there is parts of the whole thing is controlled by Israel, the road, but some parts pass through areas controlled by the Palestinian Authority, which is fine. Uh, but uh, we sometimes have conflict here, uh, mm-hmm. and that conflict uh, makes people scared. They hear the word Hebron. They're not always sure that they want to go there, and they're not always sure that they're going to be getting there with clarity. Signage in the Middle East is not as good as signage in Europe or America, and so one of the things that we have to work on is making it a little bit clear where you are uh, and how you get to where you're going, and give you a sense of safety and normalcy. Now, one of the things is that the state of Israel um, has not always seen itself as the country that's supposed to be presenting the land of the Bible. Mm. Yeah, you, you could go to Turkey and they will, they will teach you about the city of Abraham called Haran. They will sell it to you. They will, they will talk to you about it. They'll, they'll make a whole thing about it. 
but Israel has been ambivalent about its biblical heritage, which huh. is so ironic, right? Because this is it the is. land of the Bible. But the problem is, is that Israel's coming out of the Holocaust, out of Soviet communism, like my parents, who, who all manners of religion and knowledge about Judaism were stripped away from them. So Israel, in some ways, was formed as a secular country, and it mm. a little bit didn't embrace its biblical heritage. On top of which, where most of this road is, not all of it, but where most of this road is, is in what we call Judea and Samaria, but where some other people call it, some of the world calls it the West Bank, and there's mm -hmm. a conflict about who should be the controller of this land. Uh, so people like myself are very much in favor of Israel being the controller, but other people think differently. So uh, to some extent, there's, there's a conflict around this, this road. But I think that the way that I'm presenting it to you today, which is the Israel Biblical Highway or the Biblical Highway, it's not something of conflict. It's something of world heritage. Uh, and, uh, and therefore, it really should be seen as a teaching tool, uh, a connection tool to the Bible. In Israel, we are trying to get uh, our country to invest more in understanding how important this road is, how important this history is. And, and Lauren, this is the, this is the, this is the part that I, I must stress. My, my beloved country Israel and my beloved fellow countrymen and, and brothers and sisters, Israelis and Jews, they don't understand how much of the world yearns to connect to Israel on that biblical level. They just don't get it. I yeah. meet people out there, Lauren, who, who just, when they find out I'm Israeli, they're just like, all my life I've yearned to come to the land of Israel. And they take out of their pockets a coin that they've gotten, a shekel or something like that, or a picture. They yearn for that biblical land. And sometimes my beloved country does not provide that thing that they're looking for. It provides them with Israel, the startup nation and other things, but it doesn't, it doesn't know how much people want that and therefore has not, shall we say, branded itself or, or presented itself as the land of the Bible. So well, this is something my... that this is something that the, the Arabs and the Israelis can bring together. I mean, this is actually a possible way there can be peace in the Middle East if they band together over this sort of biblical heritage. Um, right. Well, even even that even that you have to know that the Quran and the Bible of the Jews and the Christians has similarities, but also has dissimilarities. Right. And so even that itself, which is what is the truth, um, is it's not just a battle between Fox and CNN. It's a battle between, you know, uh, great books of religion. Um, but there are things that we can get together on, like the well of Abraham, which everybody agrees is the well of Abraham. And everybody wants to honor that important water source uh, or the tomb of, of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Leah. The truth is the Arabs and the Jews both agree. And I always say to them, let's honor our joint, our shared father together. Let, let us come together to beautify this place, which our father, uh, our forefather, uh, uh, you know, he, here, here he lies. Let us honor him. And people do understand that sometimes the, the name Abraham Accords is a testament to this uh, idea that we can get together around Abraham, around this, this 
this biblical figure. And here in the Middle East, that means something. Like, like maybe somebody's listening to to your show today, Lauren, and thinking like, you can get together around Abraham. That's like, <laughs> that's so, that's so, that's like a storybook. No, here, here in the Middle East, if you don't believe in Abraham, that's weird. Um, and, and of course, you know, the, and, and certainly Arabs, they are, they are, you know, we, we can, we could, we have a lot of conflicts, but one thing is for sure. They are a believing lot. They are believing people. Uh, the Quran, Allah, Abraham, these are meaningful things to them. They very much, they, they, it's no, it's no laughing matter. So, so yeah, this is something that we can, we can get together on. Um, and, but Israel has to know that, that the world actually looks to, to, to Israel, many people in the world, millions of people in the world. I was just in an airport in, um, I think it was in, it was in Dallas and I was flying to Miami on a speaking tour. And, um, this lady's this lady at the American Airlines counter is looking at me and, and I'm late and I've got all my luggage and I'm, I'm all, you know, discombobulated. And she's looking at me and I could tell her, I already know this look. Anyway, she asks me where I'm from. I tell her Israel. And she says to me, all my life, I've wanted to travel to Israel. And mm-hmm. then she starts getting a tear in her eye because she says, but now because of COVID, I don't think I'll ever be able to get there. Mm-hmm. I, I calmed her down, told her COVID's not, not, you know, we'll get through this thing but she was still emotional. I took out a coin that I usually reserve for like donors. And this coin has a picture of Abraham looking up at the stars. It's a coin that we designed. And on the other side, it's the tomb of the forefathers and mothers. And I said to her, you know, you may have not come to Abraham, but Abraham came to you. You may have wanted, you may have wanted to come to the land of Israel. Land of Israel came to you. She was just a ball of tears, a bucket uh. of tears, you know, and I just, and it was real. It's, it's, it's amazing. I handed her this coin and ran to my gate and that's it, you know, and, and, and I think that, that uh, my beloved country Israel needs to know that that's what a lot of people are looking for. And the biblical highway is a heritage highway, a little bit American inspired in terms of heritage highway, but it connects uh, uh, ancient cities, cities that are 4,000 years old with great history, great stories. And, and thank God also a, a renewed life, uh, a biblical style life in these places once again. Um, before we before we go, just where are you in the process now of creating this heritage highway um, of Route sixty? So the 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 highway itself is there. Uh, what, what's what's not there is the is the uh, uh, is the consciousness of it. So we're very much in advancing in creating the the website and, and teaching material. And I, I've hired a great uh, kind of biographer and, and rabbi to tell the story of each city and, and write it out. We're making movies right now for it. Uh, and I'm working at the same time with the government of Israel uh, to have it recognized and such and marked as such, marked as such, uh, the Israel Biblical Highway and have its own signage. And we're working on all those fronts. Um, but in the meantime, uh, folks could already uh, check out some of the work that we've uh, done by, by checking out my website. S- soon it's going to be on its own website, the israelbiblicalhighway.com. But in the meantime, it's on my personal website, which is Yishai Fleischer uh, forward slash uh, biblical highway. Um, and uh, it's just, it's just, um, it, it, it's, it's, how should we say? The, the ancient road is there and you can still, and you can drive it today, but the consciousness is really forming. Uh, and everybody that I've, that I've touched with this has said to me, this is, this is just so, 
it's just a framing that, that, that it needed. It needed this love. And uh, as I told you, even the Christian map that I found from 1943 knew it, uh, but it just didn't have a name for it. So the name itself is, uh, is key. And if you're traveling to Israel, and, and we're really hoping that this summer um, it'll open up. We really are hoping for that. And you just ask your tour provider, just say, I want, the, I want to go on the Israel Biblical Highway. Uh, by, by the summer, there'll be a website uh, that'll, that will teach you the history, the places, uh, the connections. Uh, but in the meantime, you could go to any one of these places by just traveling Route 60 from Beersheba to Hebron, to Bethlehem, to Jerusalem, to Bethel, to Shiloh, and to Shechem, all on one road. Yishai, thank you so much for being on, on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. God bless you, Lauren. Love your show. Thank you for all you do out there. And thank you, too. And thank you all for listening to Lighthouse Faith Podcast. I'm Lauren Green. Have a blessed day. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.